0: Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL, Most Valuable Listener, on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.
1: I was always very challenged by that and I thought I had to mirror their behavior. Right. Right. To, to succeed. Now, failure means okay, what have I learned? Moving on, yeah. rinse and repeat.
0: My name is Esprit DeVora, host of the Women in Tech Show. can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. I have had the most extraordinary opportunity to spend a whole day at Hera Hub here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I can't tell you how impressed I am by this collaborative workspace built by women for women to empower women in technology and other professions just to make sure that we support and celebrate one another and accelerating forward. I am so, so thankful that they are supportive of the Women in Tech podcast. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. I am so thrilled to be here in Phoenix, Arizona, celebrating extraordinary women in technology. Hello. So, okay, where are we right now before we even get started?
1: We are at the new co-working place for women in Phoenix called Hera Hub. Hera Hub. And it's gorgeous. They have these beautiful wood desks I'm sitting at right now. So
0: hospitable. It feels like you're walking into your best friend's productive living room or something. But yeah. it looks like a professional workspace. But the the vibe is the culture of connectivity. It's of love. It's 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 rad. I love it. Empowerment, they have the, the Desire Map book on one of the tables, which is one of my favorite guidebooks to just, oh. I love it. Okay. Go
1: ahead and tell everybody um, who you are and a little bit about what you do. So my name is Corinne Giode. I am a um, partner and director of strategy for a consultancy firm uh, called Altima Business Solutions. It's an, we call ourselves an 18 year old startup because we're always looking at doing better and looking for what's next so we support entrepreneur and business owner from decision making to execution so we provide on-demand executives and on-demand solutions um, again to support and bridge the gap between knowns and unknowns right Uh, we specialize in the commercialization of technology and and can you give me some examples of results that you've created for the people you work with Yes. So if you were to think about yourself, uh, we get into a, a business because we are an expert in our field, right? And then we then drown into the nuances of the everyday and things that we might not have the desire to do, the books, the accounting, the marketing, whatever. So if you think... If you were able to focus 90% of your energies or greater on what moves your needle, how much more successful could you be? Right. So we alleviate that 80% of your activities that does not produce revenue for you and we do that on your behalf. And how did you come to this place? How did you become an expert in this industry? So it's a long journey. By education, I'm an engineer. I studied biomedical engineering in France, where I was born. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> um, I did want to save the world, I promise. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But way too many challenges with authority to become a professional right. student. So I fell into business right and away. And that's why you're an entrepreneur. And that's Duh. why I am an entrepreneur. <laughs> so I had the opportunity. I moved away from France six miles. I thought it was a good distance straight to the Caribbean. And I had the opportunity to create several businesses just based on opportunities right there. And years and years later, eventually I got recruited by a private equity firm that was based in London. Right. And they were sending me wherever in the world, the acquiring company. My job was to grow this company to the point where they will sell them. or oh, the permanent team will take over. So how exciting. I know. And how much responsibility. A lot, a lot of stress. I got sick three times, hospital, the whole thing. That's terrible. Okay, we'll get into that later. Okay, but you took
0: this role where you had a lot of responsibility to essentially make a company incredibly
1: too sexy to refuse. That's right, that's (laughs) right. So I loved the job, always have. The corporate environment, again, that challenge with authority was not exactly for me. So I left corporate, took a time off, and ended up here in Arizona. Just because of the weather. Okay, <laughs> let, start let, let's back up
0: for a okay. second. Um, I'd like to talk about the job that you took. Um, putting aside that you got sick doing it, because I definitely want to address that, because it's so important to have mind-body health. I know it's so cliche, but when you were offered that position, how seasoned were you um, versus how confident were you that you were capable to do what you didn't know how to do yet?
1: you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I am an impulsive, I take, you know, impulsion more than thinking through. And at the time I'm like, oh my God, that's such a great opportunity. I get to travel the world, go where I want. Of course I'm going to do it. Right. And once I accept it, I'm like, oh, you know, that moment where, oh my God. And that's where the stress starting to pile up because I guess it's based also on my makeup. Uh, Failure was not an an, an, an option. Yeah. Right. I was one of the only female, blah, 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 you know, so I needed to succeed for myself. I didn't realize that, no, that was not a mandatory obligation. I could have survived otherwise. But what does the word failure,
0: what did the, no, what did the word failure mean to you then? And what does the word failure mean to you today?
1: So at the time, it meant that I was not good enough to be in that same, uh arena than you know the big boys right yeah so that was not acceptable to me i i was always very challenged by that and i thought i had to mirror their behavior right to to succeed now failure mean okay what have i learned moving on yes and repeat yeah so tell me about girls in tech so girls in tech is a phenomenal our organization, not-for-profit, international, that really focuses on advancing women that are passionate about technologies. And you're the chapter leader here in Phoenix? I am the mentoring chair. A mentoring chair. Yep. yep. Yeah, and how long have you been part of Girls in Tech? So Girls in Tech here in Arizona is brand new. We formed a chapter. The launch event was in June last year. We have over 800 members and a lot of amazing events happening from trainings. We have uh, booting camps for elementary girls that learn to code and so many other interesting things. And I think it's just girlsintech.org, right? That's correct. Yeah, cool. For the main chapter, and you will find us in two. And who am I if I, like... Girls in tech helps who? So girls in tech focus on elementary school girl, college women, and professional women. And it's, again, exposing children to technology, providing that sense of, yes, this is what women in tech look like, like what you are doing yourself, providing that sense of identity. It's possible you can be whatever you want to be. And on the professional level, providing those actionable steps. How can I Advance my career? How can I change career and get into
0: technology? What would you say is one of the biggest challenges you've successfully overcome?
1: I guess the biggest one was the day I realized that I didn't have to copy others' behavior. So one thing that struck me, I was um, big meeting with all the principals and investors and there was a confidential matter uh, they wanted to discuss, and someone raised a question like, could they discuss that in front of me, even right. though I had a CEO position for one of their companies. And one of the principal, the owner, said, well, oh, you can talk. She, she's like us. She's not a woman. That's the day that I realized, oh, my God, what have I become? Yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous. No, it doesn't. But it really had a profound impact. Yeah. But, and it took me, I have to say, quite a few years, probably five years to readjust and understand, okay, who am I? What makes me tick? What do I want to do to get out of that mold I put myself into? Because I take responsibility right. for for it. Nobody right. oblige me. But I think that was the biggest the biggest challenge for me to stop the competition, right, and bring the value. Focus on the value you're bringing. Sophia Amoroso. I always feel like I butcher her
0: name. She's the former founder or was the founder of Nasty Gal before Nasty Gal did whatever it did in its trajectory. However, I loved her book. And one of the things she said is, um, in the beginning, she was paying too much attention to the competition and the day that she decided to just focus on her being her best and her unique style. Of delivery and customer service, that's the day she really gained her power and really started to set her company apart from the rest.
1: Oh, I totally believe in that. It's really work on your own value, work on how you contribute, and you'll reap the reward for it. Totally. Okay, so quick question.
0: One is what is your favorite book, personal or professional? Huh,
1: I have so many books that I love. So, so one of my favorite books right now is by Gene uh, Sharp. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the exact title, but it's about uh, social activism and how to. He was very popular in the 60s, 70s because he helped a lot of countries overcome dictatorship. But to me, it applies a lot of business. It applies to business as yeah. well because business is found on strategy, which is a based on military strategy initially. So it's still the whole competition and things like that, where it was explaining how you have to understand really what the problems are and where the the forces and the pressure are, are because you can take them one by one and change them one by one, as opposed to wanting to change overall right away. And one last question is actually one of the most important questions. Um, Did you have technology in your home growing up? Absolutely not. So not. I grew oh, wow. up in the no in a countryside of France where I remember we had, you know, one black and white TV set with three channels and things like that. College, that's my the first time I was exposed to technology and they were teaching us basic dose coding, right? Right. Um but really until I got into my corporate years, there was not really technology, so we started with, oh, miracle, the Blackberry, right? That we all call that Crackberry. It's the first time we had access to email, yeah. anything outside of the office, but no no technology whatsoever. But then how did you discover tech um, as time went on? I've always been, I'm a, a long-life learner. So anything that interests me, I always want to know how is it made. So I read a lot of uh, scholar paper on everything and anything, and yeah. the more I got involved into that, I started having first client in technology company, and today I'm a commercial reviewer for the National Science Foundation, so I'm really... It, it, I
0: love how you're just like, and then I was <laughs> epic.
1: Like, and I was born, and then I just flew straight to being epic. <laughs> I would not qualify myself epic, but I think it's all based on... You know, if you are interested in something, if you see a problem out there, dig into it. And it's not because you not necessarily have the skill set. Right. Oh, I'm not a computer developer, so I'm not going to. And that's not true. Right. We all have our set of skill set that will bring another dimension to whatever we're doing in technology. I love it. How can people find you online? So Instagram, Twitter. What's your username? Be careful of your hand my name is I feel like, now, I feel like,
0: I feel like now, you guys I, every time I'm like don't move don't breathe don't move your hand don't lean back like she's like okay I'm frozen
1: <laughs> okay how can people find you on Instagram so um my handle is a Korean Judy so my whole entire name can you spell it for us c-a-r-i-n-e-d-i-e-u-d-e and I have the same on Instagram. Perfect. On Twitter. On Twitter, on Instagram,
0: on all the socials. Thank you for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Thanks. you. That was awesome. I'm so, so elated to bring these extraordinary women into your earbuds. If you want to connect with these incredible women, remember to go to the Women in Tech podcast. Facebook group at women in tech VIP.com. That's women in tech VIP.com. If you want one of the fabulous Women in Tech stickers, be sure to say hello at Women in Tech Show on all the socials, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hera Hub Phoenix is a co-working space, essentially, for women business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals. And we just really created a landing space women of all industries and backgrounds to be able to just connect with each other in an environment that's really relaxing and zen-like, but professional. The women that walk in here just come in and just have a sigh of relief. When they come in, they're like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. It's something that makes them focus on their goals, their own development, their work and their clients. And so essentially that's what it is. It's a workspace, but it's also turning into really a landing space all kinds of women and all kinds of backgrounds and where can we find out more easiest way is just the website if people go to www.herahub.com forward slash phoenix This has been an amazing, amazing day. I've met so many inspiring women and I'm just really grateful to have had the opportunity to experience this place. It feels like a collaborative culture where you're, you're going into your best friend's living room and you're super safe, but yet it's a professional work environment. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to describe because it's definitely not like just a couch lounging. You feel the energy in this place. It's special.